Hello and welcome to Within Normal Limits, Copic's podcast featuring discussions of patient safety in the modern healthcare world. I'm your host, Eric Zacharias. I'm a risk manager at Copic, as well as a practicing internal medicine physician. Thank you for listening and helping us further Copic's mission of improving medicine in the communities we serve. Well, welcome everybody to Within Normal Limits, and joining me today is Dr. Dennis Boyle. Dennis is a rheumatologist and a physician risk manager, an academic physician, and a specialist in communications. And we're going to talk about a an interesting topic in in the world of communications with with patients, which is uh, vaccine hesitancy. And this is uh, a topic I'm excited to get into. So, Dr. Boyle, thank you for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Eric. So this is uh, a, a big topic, and it's been a topic prior to uh, COVID, but it certainly is much more uh, evident uh, with what's going on in, in the world of, of COVID and COVID vaccines and what it means for opening society up. And the big number that I've heard so much is uh, we've got to get people vaccinated to make society work. So tell me a little bit about what that what that means, maybe if you know some percentiles. And uh, you've been on hotline for a while taking calls from docs and groups, uh, whether this is a topic that's – I'm going to go ahead and, yeah, spoiler alert, the answer is yes. Uh, if this is a topic that you're hearing a lot about from our, uh, from our, from our insured doctors and uh, physician groups. And the answer is yes, it is <laughs> – it is a big issue. Uh, so a lot of this stuff we'll know. And I, I probably one thing we should put uh, frame this is we're uh, uh, we're actually uh, taping this or recording it in the first day of July of uh, 2021. So if you're hearing this six months from now, things may have changed. As a, uh, this has certainly been happening. Uh, you know, the, the, our president, uh, uh, President Biden, had wanted to get to uh, 70 percent uh, uh, of adults having one shot. Uh, by July 4th, and it looks like he's going to miss that by about a month. Um, what, you know, the big thing everyone talks about is getting herd immunity, and that's a very complex uh, epidemiologic term, and it has to do with the in- infectivity of the of COVID infection. And, you know, with all the new uh, variants right now, the, uh, the variant du jour is the Delta variant, much more catchy, and that actually changes your herd immunity number. But we really got to get up there to the you know, even much higher than 70%, which it, it, to, to a, a place where then the, the COVID would start where, you know, dying down. Uh, and certainly right now we're not there. We're getting there. And it's a big issue for docs. It's an issue for docs because they're frustrated. They they talk, I, I know on, from Hotline, they talk to patients and they struggle with it. They get patients that get mad at them because feel like they're getting yelled at. Um, I've had at least three or four calls. I was on the last two weeks and, about docs and and around the issues around the vaccination and stuff. Most of the docs, as, as I think both of us know, probably have been vaccinated or are vaccination fans. Um, but it, it, it's a struggle to how to have that discussion with those other 30 or 40 percent of people that haven't been vaccinated. And you've had this experience, right, Eric? I mean, you've been you living in the, Eric was uh, worked at the Boulder Medical Center doing internal medicine. Uh, there's there's a vaxxers and anti-vaxxers up there too, right? Oh, there there definitely are, and they're they're pockets, and it it really strains one's ability to be a good communicator and to not 
uh, take the interactions emotionally. And so, yes, I've, uh, I, I guess in fairness to me, though, I, I can't claim to be brilliant at it because most of those people who are true anti-vaxxers in the worst sense of the world, word, meaning they're not looking for information or science, they have a, an agenda against vaccines. Um, those people don't come to see me in my clinic or they see me once and, and go seek a doctor that, that buys into that with them. They kind of become codependent. Um, so that's not my that's not my practice population, or at least it's not my practice population, more than one visit, and then I think they usually hate me, um, which <laughs> is part of the communication struggle, right? So uh, here I am admitting that I'm not a great communicator, and if you doubted it, you just heard me say, hey, I get these conflicts with these patients. So, Dennis, you're interested in communication. How do you actually do this? How do I become better uh, at, at having these, these talks and these interactions? Well, there's there's a there's a couple points. The first one would be, uh, uh, really, first of all, just being realistic about what you're trying to do. Um, so uh, these are the same kind of discussions we have around smoking and alcohol. Um, and as you know, with your alcohol discussions, how do they usually go? I mean, what percent of people that you talk to about smoking and alcohol give up smoking and alcohol? You know, five percent, ten percent, maybe, and then they relapse in six months. So so you need to have a realistic goal in the sense that uh, um, uh, that change is internal and it's not Eric that's, you know, that's smoking, it's the patient and, um, the, you know, the, uh, your luck at, at getting them to stop, to stop is, uh, it's complex and it uh, takes a good uh, communication effort. You know, the big thing, and you sort of talked about it, is, um, is, is you know, is sorting out where the patient's coming from. And that's actually probably the most important thing. You really need to develop a therapeutic alliance. And that's really just by doing something like inquisitive inquiry, you know, the, which is the term for uh, palliative care or attentive listening. Um, and that's really just finding out where the patient's coming from. You know? So when did you, you know, what did you think when you were hearing this coming? What's your hurdles around this? Uh, you know, I was, I have to say, I had plenty of, uh, before the vaccine came out and I read the numbers, I had plenty of uh, suspicion about uh, the vaccine coming. I was uh, rather nervous about how fast it had been developed and stuff. So uh, I, I, I do share that, although once I read all the data, like you, uh, you know, I can share with the listeners that it was like Hunger Games around Copic, you know, where can we get the vaccine first? So we were all, all in on uh, getting the vaccine early. Um, so. So I think the first thing is that developing this alliance with the patient and really not telling them what to do, but say, tell me about where you are with this. Uh, are you interested in the vaccine? Have you gotten it? Uh, what did you think about first when you heard about this? What, where are you at now on it? And, and that's the big issue because if someone's a staunch anti-vaxxer, which I think is what you were talking about, I don't, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to convince them. Uh, I, I, you know, I agree. And I don't, you know, it's not, it's not worth spending all that much time, but you know, it's people that have hurdles and are not quite sure and they're ambivalent. And those are the ones that you really want to be spending your, your skills on in terms of doing a, uh, a communication, uh, interview. So. Yeah, I think that, I think that makes good sense. And, and, yeah, I absolutely had some concerns prior to more evidence. Uh, my line was, I definitely want to get the vaccine. I just don't want to be the first person. And 
once we had enough data and once the, the people had gone through the clinical trials and the evidence was pretty clear that it was highly effective and highly well tolerated uh, in having seen people die of COVID and uh, knowing many healthcare providers who have been laid low by COVID, uh, the last thing on earth I wanted to do was, was to have somebody uh, come in the clinic and make me sick or have me spread it among my family. So, uh, yeah, I, I get it with the wanting to know information. I do think we're probably beyond that point, uh, but not everybody gets there at the same time. And that's that fine line between who really is interested in a good, honest, open understanding of the situation may not be convinced, okay, fine, you're willing to look at evidence versus bringing a pile of philosophy or, or, you know, political delusions to the discussion, which is very difficult to stomach when you're just looking out for somebody's health. And yeah. uh, like I said, that's not my, that's not my strong suit. No, but that, that's the big point, you know, build a relationship with the patient and then is it anti-vax or is it really just sort of thoughtful deliberation? You know, we all struggle with big decisions whether it's buying a house or a car or, you know, should I get the vaccine? Or, I mean, you know, these are big decisions for folks and uh, sometimes uh, a little gentle persuasion and uh, getting people uh, um, some different information is important. You know, my favorite business book is uh, a book by Stephen Covey, um, Seven uh, Habits, uh, Highly Effective Habits for People. I forget the exact title now, right? Uh, but his habit number five is seek first to understand and then be understood. And it's just this great line. This is a business book, right? But this is it. Understand before you push your information out there. So uh, that's the the first rule is uh, tell me about what's going on. Tell me where you're at with this. You know, how can we move together or get you down the road on um, this? So what do you advise? What do you advise our groups to do? You know, certainly there's and by the way, I'm being somewhat facetious. I'm not that big a jerk in the waiting room or the exam room with patients. But um, what do you advise our our groups and our insureds to do when they do have a, a vaccine hesitant uh, or, or just somebody who's not going to get vaccinated and uh, wants to come and be seen in the office? Uh, how would you how would you handle that? So I would, you know, I think what most folks are doing is, is really talking about masks and wearing a mask all the time. Um, and uh, I think that's what's going on up in the, your clinic, right? Is it, um, and I, I, I uh, in fact, at the, uh, the clinic I work at, they're still, we're still all wearing a mask all the time. So uh, we're still doing it. So, but I think anybody who hasn't been vaxxed needs to be wearing a mask. And quite honestly, that alone for me would be a reason to think about getting vaccinated because I, you know, the whole idea about wearing a mask all the time is just, um, that was not my jam. I, I'm actually happy. I, I think, uh, you know, sort of feel like I want to be like Mary Tyler Moore at the beginning of that TV show, taking the mask and throwing it in the air. Um, I'm about ready to get done with that. So. Yeah, and that's better, that's better for society too, because you're a handsome man and it's good for us all to get a, to get a good look at that. Uh, right. For the rest of us, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bonus. I'm 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 gonna keep that mask on as as long as possible. I didn't get uh, you know whatever whatever gift you were born with, but no. In all seriousness, with the, with the clinic, the thing that's awesome is uh, none of us, none of my partners or myself, have had a cold 
in the last 18 months. And we're, we're almost certainly, you know, irrespective of what ultimately happens with COVID, people are going to keep on seeing patients wearing a mask and probably a face shield. I love going through an entire winter and not, you know, being laid up with, uh, with viral symptoms. I also love the fact that I'm not spreading those inadvertently to patients as well, because probably patients have contracted viruses in, in our office from, from a doctor who's mildly or not yet symptomatic. So I think there's a lot of, a lot of upside to keeping the mask going as, as it is. I mean, it is a great infection control. Uh, no, and I, that and washing hands, it's, it really, it's funny. It speaks to the power of those, uh, those two, you know, wearing a mask and washing your hands or, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I've also not had a cold in 18 months and, uh, uh that's, it's great. I love it. So I, you know, one of the things is what kind of things might you hear from people, right. That you could convince them. So this is, so again, there's sort of two classes. There's the anti-vaxxer, uh, there's somebody that has, there's Merc, they heard mercury in the vaccine or they heard there's a, nanoparticles that are going to get in your bloodstream. That's a tough, I think that's pretty tough to, uh, that's a tough road. Uh, and I'm sure you agree with that. But, uh, you know, you might hear that uh, people don't want to get sick. You know, I don't have any sick leave. And if I get my shot, I may get sick. Um, so maybe that's a person that you could try J&J &J with. So they only get one shot, not two. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's a person you need to talk through through the issues. Although I I, I personally did, uh, I was uh, laid up for 48 hours after the second shot. So I mean, I can't say, oh, it's nothing, but it's it's better than catching COVID. I think so. Uh, how about you? What do you think? Yeah, no, those are those are great points. And and to my reaction to the Moderna vaccine, I the first shot I felt miserable for about 24 hours, uh, starting about 24 hours after the vaccine and for about 24 hours. And the second vaccine, uh, I was in bed uh, winding up a storm with how poorly I felt for, again, about 24 hours. It really, it really wobbled, wobbled to me. So you're right. It, there, it. there are uh, effects of a very ramped up immune system. You're a rheumatologist. You know a lot about the immune system. When that thing's firing all, on all cylinders, you feel it. Yep. And I'm happy that I got it because it means it worked, right? So that's, uh, you know, and I think, you know, one thing you hear about the mRNA vaccines, but, you know, they've really been around for 20 years. That's the, uh, and uh, I think, you know, I'm less, I think they're just a great way of stimulating the immune system. But if people are afraid of that new technology, again, the J&J &J is sort of done the same way the old vaccines were, and that would be, you know, if, if that's your, you know, something you're interested in, that's available too. Um, so, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And that 20 year uh, piece of information, I think, is very useful. I mean, this is the proverbial overnight success, uh, uh, overnight success after 20 years of development. So it really got a lot of press. But, but I've been reading about or seeing in the scientific literature uh, work on these mRNA vaccines for quite some time, and I, I can even go go back to uh, molecular biology and immunology as an undergraduate and remember we were talking about you know, how can you use these strains, uh, maybe not exactly how they were used to make these vaccines, but somewhat similar to that. So this has been 
this has been in the works for some time. This is not something that somebody cooked up last weekend. No. And as this stuff works, as you know, the old 95% efficacy and from the studies, few people being in the ICU that have taken the shot uh, also you know, seems to be working against the variant so far. And that's definitely a knock on wood uh, phrase. So uh, that's what we're all fearing. So I think the other thing to tell people is that 99% of people that are or in the hospital these days with COVID uh, are not vaccinated. So I think that's a, that's, that's a selling point. Um, and certainly if, you know, every ER doc I know is vaccinated. I don't know all my ER doc friends. I, I think ASEP, I heard from ASEP that 98.5% of ER docs were emergency medicine docs were vaccinated, something along that line. So really a huge, huge number. So most of the docs I know have really bought into it wholeheartedly. Yeah, those are great pearls. And uh, give me a give me a couple other pearls. You're on you're on a roll there, uh, Dennis. Uh, you know, it's well, it's free. You don't need to be a citizen, which I think I, for me is a uh, um, the world I live in. And, and there's a, a lot of you know we we have a lot of struggles in the world around race these days in America, and that's one of the fears. Uh, you know, uh, again, I work in a population that does have a lot of fears around. Uh, uh, being African American and you know people experimenting on them, you know certainly certainly a lot of the uh, uh, those fears are, are legit. You know from uh, studies, uh, things done years gone by. Um, I think the biggest thing is to be honest and not, you know, I don't, I, I'm not the Wizard of Oz. You know, I don't have, I'm not all seeing, all knowing. But for me, I think this stuff really works. And I have seen some badness from COVID, so people having COVID. Um, so I, I, that that's your biggest thing. Maybe if you have a young person and they're saying, oh, young people don't get sick, which is true. You say, you know, do you have anyone older in your life that you care about? You know, do you have a grandfather uh, that you don't want to infect? Uh, uh, that's always a wedge you might be able to, a point you might be able to make. But, you know, change is internal. And, uh, you, you know, if you don't win, uh, you live to see another day and try to keep the, the, the patient relationship going. So... And I think, you know, if we got to 80%, I'd be, you know, ecstatic. I mean, we're, not, we're never going to get to the 90-plus percent, I'm sure, with what I've seen and heard. What do you think? Yeah. No, I well, I, I hope springs eternal, but no, I don't believe so either. And I, I do like the idea, again, I'm going to start using disclaimers against my uh, role playing a little bit on being a total jerk with other patients, is you do want to keep that that line of communication open where you give people an out so you don't box them into a corner and be such a jerk in the interaction where it becomes an obstinate power play to refuse the vaccine as opposed to, gosh, I hear where you're coming from. I think the best evidence is that this is something you should do. I think it will help protect you. I think it will help protect your family, both older and younger. I think it will allow us to open up as a society and it will also avoid uh, if and when these mutations occur from them coming to the U.S. and uh, starting a whole nother wave of lockdowns and, and say, gosh, I would love to give you the vaccine if, if you get information and you feel convinced that it's something you want to do. And, yeah, not kick them out of your practice, but, you know, for sure you're wearing a mask and uh, I'm wearing a mask and a shield uh, when I see you in perpetuity until you're 
until you're vaccinated. So I, I like that idea of the uh, of the open chain of communication. Yeah, spoken like a true internist. Uh, yeah, that's the pitch you just gave it. So that that's a great wrap up pitch, I think. So. Uh, yeah, speaking of speaking of pitches, this is good. Now, now <laughs> oh, no, no. You just you just <laughs> gave me the underhand softball pitch to talk about pitching last night. So one of the best pitchers in the history of college baseball, Kumar Rocker, who played for Vanderbilt, where I went to, who uh, plays for Vanderbilt, where I went to med school, uh, was up against Will Bednar from Mississippi State, where I went undergraduate. So I. My two alma maters were playing in the College World Series last night, and and Mississippi State won, which was uh, delightful to see. Vanderbilt's won twice. They're a great team, and uh, it was very, very fun. So uh, those of you who are uh, listening to this, if you're college baseball fans, or even if you're not college but you're pro baseball fans, highly encourage you to watch the modern college baseball uh, games. They're very, very exciting. The, the, the games are lots of energy. Uh, fun, fun to watch. So I uh, had to get that plug in. And so with with that, uh, Dr. Boyle, I'll give you the last word on uh, vaccine hesitancy, communication with patients, or uh, any pearls about baseball. Uh, go Rebels! Is that is it Mississippi State? The is it the Rebels? No, we are the Bulldogs. You're the Bulldogs. Oh, so. There you small, go. So a go Bulldogs. A small piece of me just died there a minute ago. That was, <laughs> it was <laughs> that like, <laughs> it was like having my leg amputated. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't lethal, but it wasn't pleasant either. Yeah, we are the Mississippi State Bulldogs again. The University of Mississippi. Congratulations. Rebels. Yeah, I thank think you. It's, uh, it's great. And it was, they whooped them. So uh, that must have been uh, real fun to watch. So. Uh, now, I don't, you know, the final, you, you actually had the wrap-up statement, uh, try to stay in the therapeutic alliance, uh, uh, you know, work with the patients. Uh, there's only about half of them you're going to be able to move to the move the needle on, but we're still vaccinating a million people a day. So there's still, I mean, there's progress to be made. So it, we, we still have a, a road ahead of us, but uh, keep at it and appreciate the, all the hard work we're all, you all are doing in a, in a tough times. So, but thanks. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. I think that's uh, that's useful information. We'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it there. All right. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Scambati, a colorectal surgeon and medical director of Copic, thanking you for being a listener. We hope you find Within Normal Limits to be interesting and informative as we at Copic continue with new ways to bring you content relevant to our mission. Please email us at WNL podcast at copic.com with show ideas or topics you would like to see addressed in future episodes of Within Normal Limits, Navigating Medical Risk. Also, please subscribe on your podcast platform of choice so you don't miss any of our content. And while you're at it, please give us a rating if you enjoyed our show.